Welcome, children. Another frightening tale. Do you see the scarecrow frightening away the birds in the fields? Will this story make you a bit more aware of the scarecrow? Scarecrow, written by A.I. Messier. The first time my father hit me was the night my mother left. I remembered everything like it was yesterday. His bloodshot eyes and disturbing smile plastered on his face and spittle on his lips were from all the shouting. Of course the belt. I don't think I ever raised a memory of that piece of leather as he raised it over high over my his head and brought it down in a spurting slap across my bare arms. My mother had usually been around to protect Alice and me. She was our rock against the storm. That was my old man. His temper was prone to exploding wherever he did something stupid. It didn't take much to stop him. Either a simple threat of taking away into the farm, a massive one hundred acre space of land that she had inherited from her own father, was enough to stop my old man from carrying out his ruthless punishments. Looking back at it now, I believe I really taken advantage of that more than that Alice had. It was an easy way to get away from things things. It was no loveless between my parents for my mother to take his side ever to take his side. I never knew that they'd torn them apart when turning point in if twenty year relationship had come. It didn't matter to me then for a persevolent boy whose father couldn't discipline my mother was my get out of free card and I abused it. Three weeks away after my thirteenth birthday, I guess she had just enough of it all. I can I still picture her last night. At home, how she sat in a chair, out on the porch, sipping her usual lemon iced tea, and pretending I didn't know it was something stronger. Off to bed, Garfield, she teased. She'd poked me in the belly, and that awarded me that had awarded me the nickname. And despite the urge to remind her how much I hated being likened to an orange cat, at night I left it slide. Sometimes I look back and wonder if maybe I should have spent a little more time with her. Maybe I would have known that she was in up and I could have taught her out of it. I wouldn't stay with her, and next morning she was gone. Woman like mad, I remember my father telling me while he rummaged through the closet looking for God knows what. They never never satisfied. Now go wash your face and stop acting like a freaking baby. He was never going to answer the multitude of questions swimming through my head, and Alex hadn't helped much either. My mother's departure had obviously hit her hard, and she found most of the days numb to anything and everyone, anything and every, everything around her. 
She burned dinner. My father took his frustration out on her. I instantly regret him. Trying to stop him when the beatings began. Early probably lasted a few minutes. It looked, felt like hours. I was almost as if he was beating me for every single every single mistake I'd ever done, making up for the years my mother had stood up to him. I think back to the weeks that followed that particular day, and sometimes wish we killed he'd kill me there and then there. The scarecrow came a week later. By then the days had begun merging together, even the same as the other, until I really couldn't tell when one had ended and the next began. At some point I had to check the calendar just to make sure my mind wasn't playing tricks on me and my day truly had ended. It was proof that sleepless nights I was experiencing carrying under the covers while my father stumped around the house, drunk and angry, were finally over. The old man had started to reign of terror in our household. There was no telling what would set him off any more. The slightest thing igniting a fire so furious, he'd burst into a fury-burning, blinding rage and a barrage of beatings. He would wake me at odd hours just to satisfy his urges, shouting and slapping, until I was huddled into a corner, with my hands up in defence and tears streaming down my face. The rising and setting of the sun was not enough to let me know what I had, that I had survived another day. But I, if I thought I had, had it bad, back then I truly believed I did. Then Alice had been living a nightmare. She had quickly been promoted to taking care of the things my mother had once been responsible for. However, without the threat of losing the farm, my father could voice his disapproval a lot more physically than he would had before. Some nights I could hear, hear Alice crying in a room beside me. Although I wanted to go and comfort her, I could never find the courage to do it. Other nights I'd never... I could never. I would carry my bed, shaking and sweating, as my father stumped past the closed door of my room and barged into hers. She would scream, of course, shrill at times, muffled at, at others. I could clearly hear the slaps of my father. Would administrate to shut her up. However, he was doing in there a few minutes of listening and my sister's screams and my father's grunts seemed like a lifetime and to this day they haunt my dreams. The scarecrow was the only thing that seemed to break the cycle. I didn't know where it had come from or what my father suddenly decided what he needed one but it looked horrific. The first time I laid eyes upon it strolling at the back door and into the small yards between the house and the cornfields, it stopped me cold and sent chills up and down my back. About fifty yards in the distance, crucified for an eternity, it hung over the stalks of the corn and stared right at me. I knew the notion was absurd. There was no, mo no merit to know on how I felt the first time I saw the damn thing out in the fields. But those days my emotions were completely 
complete control over my mind, and no logical part of me ever considered. Speaking up and correcting the ludicrous imaginations of a teenage child. A pile of hay covered in my father's old clothes and my mother's Sunday hat. Still, I swore those eyes were directed, were directed at, right at me, watching me the small drew drawn across his face with a black marker aimed in my direction. Come into the fields, Garfield, just a little closer, so I can tell you the funniest thing you've ever heard. I have a few secrets to share. I'm sure you're going to want to hear them. Want to know why Alice screams at night? Definitely not beating, kiddo. I decided to stop venturing into the backyard after that. I do not remember exactly when the nightmares began, but I do remember it was after Alice was taken to the hospital. My sister falling into complete silence by then, going through about her chores with the numbers of a psychic psyche patient. She was on cruise control, working off instinct rather than actual being paying attention to what she was doing. Even with even when I tried talking to her, she would just look at me with an empty gaze. Whatever was left of her, whatever could be labelled as Alice, was lost somewhere deep behind those eyes, locked away in a corner where her father couldn't let get, get in get to. To me, she was slowly becoming more than a walking corpse, and though it broke my heart to see her that way, there was very little I could do. It was the laundry, I think, that led to the beatings, and I had forgotten to empty out the pockets of my father's jeans and wash the three hundred dollars there with the rest of the clothes. I've never seen my father that angry, and once the beating started, it took a very dangerous turn. Quickly, Alice had apparently become numb to my father's strikes as well, and more she stayed quiet, the more she failed to react. If every slap, punch, and kick, the angrier he got, it all came to a shuddering halt when he grabbed her by the back of her head and slammed her face into the wall. The sheer volume of blood that was pouring out of her broken nose was enough to make me gag. Equally enough to snap my father out of his blind outburst. There was a few awkward s- seconds of complete silence, only broken by Alice's gasp for air, coughing and spattering the blood seeping into the front of her shirt and turning her white blouse a dark crimson. Don't you move, my father shouted at me, suddenly overtaken by urgency, as he raced about the living room and grabbed his coat. They were out of the house in minutes, driving away just as the sun was setting. A soft wind began to pick up around the house. I watched him from the front porch, my hands buried beneath my pockets. And for the first time since my mother had left, I contemplated running away. I had thought of it before, especially after the worst beatings, but always knew some how my father would find me and the consequences would be severe. No, though I had a head start, he would be far too busy making excuses at the hospital for Alice's broken nose. I would have the perfect window of opportunity to escape. I had some money stowed away, enough for a one-way ticket to 
whatever the hell I wanted. I had no idea where to go or what I wanted. What I would do once I got there, but it did not matter. What was important was the getting away from here forever. I raced up the stairs to my room, closing the door behind me out of habit. Then anything else, the sounds of empty house, a bit too ominous for my liking. A few of the lights had burned out over the past week or so. My father hadn't gotten round to changing them. A dim illumination left shadows where none had been before. It only made my urgency to leave stronger. I couldn't stay in this godforsaken place any longer. Thoughts of Alice suddenly crossed my mind, and the fear of what might happen to her if I left her. Feel, left, left, if I feel, feel, left filled me. I stood motionless by the small desk near my window, my hands on the open drawer, where two hundred drawers hid beneath my science pig, waiting to be retrieved and used. I didn't do it. I couldn't leave her behind with that monster. Ray's fury would go unchecked. This time, he broke a nose, where there was no telling where he might, what he might do next. The wind whistled through the window. I closed the door with a shaking hand, frustrated and angry, knowing I'd forever be stuck in this house as long as that madman walked around freely. I thought of calling the police, but my father wasn't stupid. He would somehow find a way out of trouble. I mind raced with possible solutions, but nothing seemed promising enough. I reached out to close the window above my desk, over my desk, glancing briefly at the cornfields behind the house. Then I froze in horror as Scarecrow was perched in the backyard, hanging from his crucifix at an angle. I allowed the hollow eyes to stare at me at my window, its black smile one wider. I didn't, didn't sleep that night, hiding under my bed. Even when I heard my father's truck drive up to the house, the sounds of Alice's footsteps woking up the stairs into her room. I didn't remember when I finally fallen asleep. I woke up with a start when my father pounded on my room door, stormed to my room and pulled out me out under the bed. Did you move it? He was shouting. You god piece of shit. Did you move it? He looked at me violently. My teeth rattled in my head and my words came out in stutters and gasps. He grabbed me by the collar of my shirt and dragged me downstairs out of the back. I fought him unable to break free of his grip, but terrified enough to know that if I didn't do, didn't want to be anywhere near that damn thing. The scarecrow was watching me with a smile. When I looked up at it, how upright is it, as if he had been just been laughing at me one last night. I felt my heart beat race to a painfully painfully fluttering pounding in my chest. You carry it then? My father was screaming. You think you're funny? Big clown, huh? You're going to carry it all the way back. Oh, God help me. I'll string you up right to it. I carried it. It was the longest 20 minutes of my life. To this day, I remember the splinters that punctured my skin as my father pulsed me to pull it out of the ground with my bare hands 
I remember trying not to look at the horrified face and awful smile as I leaned it on leaned it onto my back. I remember the heaviness of it, of it heaviness of it. If I was carrying a sack of rocks instead of strands of hay, I remember my father's barking orders as the sun rays beat down at me while I sat, while I set the scarecrow back into its regular place. Worst of all, the feel of the hay against my skin, the straws stroking the nape of my neck, and the wind blowing through the corn, stalks as if the down thing were breathing against me. I can imagine it smile to pipe me, its eyes boring into the back of my head, and for the split second I imagine its hands breaking loose from their ropes and wrapping around my neck, choking me to death as I carried it. My father hadn't strung me up. My father didn't string me up to it. Up next to it, he d- he did use his belt. And for a while, my eyes kept seeing the scarecrow's face on his, laughing manically as I cried out with every strike. Alice did not come out of her room for the whole day. I found myself suddenly responsible for her chores. I think I trained a newfound respect for her. After only a few hours of doing what she had to do every day, of course, my father who was there, breathing down my neck, quick with a slap across the back of my head when he was unsatisfied. But none of that fazed me. The memory of the scarecrow in the backyard, a chore carrying it back to its spot, left a lingering feeling of dread inside of me. Stronger than anything, and my father could say or do. Suddenly I felt like the walls of the house were closing on me. I'd been boxed in with no prospects of escaping. At night I could hear Alice crying through the thin wall, separating our room. I felt, and part of me felt, I was abandoning her, even though I was only a few feet away. I had no idea if I could comfort her, if anything I could say. If I could say who could make up for the abuse she was experiencing, I was too scared to try. I heard my father's foot-heavy footsteps climbing the stairs and closed my eyes when he passed my room into Alice's. Within minutes, as grunting again, and although I tried to pluck it out, kept me awake until it stopped. Alice's bedroom door opened and closed. I listened as my father made his way back downstairs. I climbed out of bed, shaking with fury, angered at my helplessness, and ventured back to my desk and secret stash. No money would be enough for me with me and Alice. I would get us out of here away from the farm and my father. It was enough for two tickets, I'm sure, that once far away, Alice would turn to her usual self, and we could both find a way to live out the rest of our lives without any problems. I looked up in my window. Feeling my body being drawn to it, slowly dreading what I might see once I looked outside. I knew the logical for the thing was to do was crawl back into bed and try to sleep. But some sick and twisted part of me wanted to take a peek, make sure what happened last night had not been repeated. 
I needed to believe if it had been some sick joke played by a couple of drunken teenagers looking for a good time, it turned over to horrible to fathom. I walked to the window in small tentative steps. As I drew closer, I already seen, I could already see a corporal beyond and the absence of the crucifix from its crucifix. from its crucifix. My eyes scanned the backyards, goose pumps breaking all across my skin, a cold finger tracing a line across my spine. When I finally found the scarecrow, he was lying on the back on the, on the step of the back porch, his face towards the sky, his hollow eyes looked staring at, straight at me. I didn't wait for a beating at dawn. When there was just enough sunlight to show the shadows had been dispersed, enough to wake my father, I went out and carried the scarecrow back. I went through the motions quickly, with my eyes fixated on the destination, as I tried my best to ignore the straws poking out and stabbing at into my arms. It was heavier than last time. After a few steps, I dropped it onto the ground and dragged it through the cornfield the rest of the way. It looked took me half an hour to take the stake down, tie the scope, go back and pull the whole thing back upright. By the end of it, my muscles in my back were screaming bloody murder. I did through the morning chores for fixing breakfast just as my father walked into the kitchen. I braced myself as he started it, as he stared his eggs and bacon with clear disgust, before grunting and, and beginning to eat. Don't. He hissed at me when I looked, took a second plate and made my way towards the stairs. She needs to eat, I replied. My father only had to look up for the food. I trudged back to the kitchen table and sat down opposite him. If I had known, if I had known it was his last day alive, I might have acted differently. I remember great, several great English cars. When my teacher was discussing a fantastic story about a boy who spent every day in the attic of an abandoned house, playing with elves and fairies, the story was told from the point of view of the boy as an adult man returning to his childhood home, and how his memories turned back out of nothing more than a child's imagination. And I, when I got back at the night my father died, I wonder how much of it was imagination. And how much was real? My, day, my day, father decided Alice would not be fed sitting at the kitchen table and eating his breakfast. Was This was the day when my entire world was upside down. It was also one of the rare days he didn't beat me, just for the hell of it. Although that was one moment in the afternoon when I thought he would stick his fist all the way down my throat. I avoided Alice's room like a plague, my mind selfishly content and excited that I had could possibly go through twenty-four hours but having to endure my father's wolf. And I finally closed my bedroom door and called under the coat covers. A part of me sighed with relief. There might have been a smile on my face, although that's one detail I could never remember. Everything else that happened that night is etched in my mind, memory forever. Started on my father's usual trips to Alice's room, the stomping of heavy feet on the stairs and down the hallway, the creaking of a door opening and shutting again, of its closing again, and of course the grunts.
I know Alice had come to silent, fall silent during the past few visits. At night, that night, her screams were shrill enough to make me jump in the bed. My heartbeat felt like a hammer in my chest. Fists slammed against the wall over my head, and for a moment I believed I would see hands break through from the other side. I jumped out of the head of the bed, hurriedly stepping back and away from the screaming and pounding from the angry shouts of my father and the sound of hard slaps coming across the wall. My body shook uncomfortably, uncontrollably, and my eyes stared in horror at a wall separating my room from Alice. Her screams cut through the still night as if she were right there in my bed, kicking and lashing out at the man who once had been abusing her for the past weeks. I felt frozen in a place, unable to do anything more than listen to the sounds of my sister's screams. Something hard slammed against the wall when Alice's screams stopped. In the sudden silence that followed, my heart, beating heart, was like a drum in my ears. I fought hard not to race out of my room into the night, away from the house and horrors of inn. That was when Alice's door creaked open and through the wall a shuffle of sheets and a flutter of feet followed. What is it? What is that? What is this? I heard my father say, voice muffled clearly out of breath. Is this some kind of joke? How do you get inside my house? I felt a chill race through me. For some inexplicable reason, I rushed across the bedroom. To the window, I gazed. I gazed at the cornfields. Squirting to see the fog that began to settle around the house. I knew I had seen that before. I knew I would see for what I, before I saw it. The scarecrow was missing. The sounds of my father screaming froze the blood in my veins. I had never heard a man's screams of pain and terror so shrill before. As I stared out my window, my eyes fixed on the empty crucifix where the scarecrow would have been. The screams turned into gurgling grass of agony, followed by the sickening sound of breaking bones. A heavy follow followed, and the house fell into complete silence for a few seconds before I heard the sound of Alice's door opening and closing, the approaching sounds of soft footprints. I didn't turn round, my eyes gazing straight ahead. Through the window, my body began to shake uncontrollably. The footsteps stretched outside my door, and through the reflection in the window, I watched in horror as the knob turned and the door swung open slowly. The scarecrow trudged into my room and stopped once it was feet, a few feet within. I couldn't turn, praying that if, it stayed, if I stayed completely still, it might realise I was harmless and leave me alone. I had no idea. What it had done to my father, by my imagination, rang wild with the lingering sounds. I'd been forced to hear just minutes before, my eyes also locked into the reflection of the holes of his eyes, and for a quick instant I saw a flicker of movement there, a hat on its head, 
hung a shoe, and between the straws I could see golden strands of blonde hair matted with mud. It spoke, and although its voice was horrifyingly muffled, as if it swallowed sand and was trying to speak through mouthfuls of it, its tone there is what I recognise. Off to bed, Garfield. He won't hurt you any more.